everybody. Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks since we've done our last podcast, so we're glad you're back. Episode six, is that right, Grant? Episode six of uh, Beyond the Barrels. This has been fun for us. We are broadcasting from the UDOT Learning Center here at the Complex. If you have not been to the Learning Center, this morning it is a hubbub of activity. Is that the right word, Joe? My wordsmith over here is yes. nodding. That's the right one. And um, it's awesome. It's getting used a lot, and we're, we're glad we've got this space to work at and train in at the complex. So next time you're here, if you haven't checked it out, please come over and see the Learning Center and all the spaces and all the, the meeting rooms that we have available for your use. So today we have a special guest. He's one of my favorite people here at UDOT. Um, and it's not just because he's my boss. And because I sign your paycheck. You do so, sign my paycheck. Yeah. Um, actually, aren't they signed by Governor Herbert? Well, actually, they're signed by Governor Herbert. But I signed the form that gets Governor Herbert to sign your paycheck. Exactly. So my boss, uh, Joe Walker, he's the UDOT Director of Communications. Joe, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. You know, you've sat in on a couple of these. Mm-hmm. He's just is, uh, making sure that I'm not saying anything inappropriate, which sometimes... You do. I do. Not maliciously by any means, but, you know, I speak my mind maybe more often than I should. And uh, this is, you're you're our guest today. Why? Well, it's a great question about why I would be here. I usually kind of try and stay out of the uh, spotlight uh, with so many wonderful people to put in the spotlight. But... uh, uh, each year, I administer uh, the annual survey that UDOT uh, puts together, a survey of, of the people of the state of Utah. So when we say the annual survey, let's not get this confused with our employee survey nope. that we do. Nope. This happens every single year. Every year. Every year for more than a decade, we have done a, a survey of the a scientific survey of the people of the state of Utah to kind of get a sense of how we're doing as an organization, how they're responding to the work that we do, and and what we can do better, trying to learn what we as an organization can do as we work with the people of the state of Utah, the people who pay the bills with their tax dollars. Exactly. Um, And and do we do this ourselves, or are we... We, it, do we have a call center here, or, or how does this happen? No, it's a good question. We we actually uh, contract with uh, with people who do surveys uh, as their business. That's what they do, and so we work with a company that's called Lighthouse, and they conduct the survey. What we do is a telephone survey. Now, there's a lot of questions people wonder about. Why do you do telephone survey instead of computer survey? Well, part of the reason we do telephone surveys is because we have done telephone surveys. And we want to be able to compare apples and oranges. One of the major things that we want from this survey is to be able to compare from year to year how we're doing. We ask the same questions, generally speaking. We, we throw in a few new ones every, every once in a while. But we generally ask the same questions. And we want to be able to compare from year to year how we're doing. And, and we're not exactly sure that if we all of a sudden now start doing uh, an online survey, if we're going to get the same kind of numbers. Uh, and we're, we're still learning about that. We, we, we will be doing some online surveying on some smaller issues, but for our annual survey for the time being, we're going to stay with the telephone survey. We do about, we talk to about 600 people. It's scientifically determined. It's, it's demographically accurate. And by that, I mean 
if 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 five percent of the of Utah's population lives in San Juan County, and I don't know what the number is, it's probably bigger than that, but I don't know. But let's say five percent of Utah's population lives in San Juan County, then five percent of our respondents to the Have, survey need to come from will San come from San Juan County, and it'll be a, the right number of men and women according to the demographic makeup of San Juan County and, and, and try and get it from both from an age and from a gender, uh, 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 from those perspectives and from a location standpoint to be as, to be as statistically accurate as we possibly can be. So we generally figure that the, the accuracy of our survey results is three or 4% percent Plus or minus. Plus or minus. So we're, it's pretty darn accurate and pretty close to what people really think uh, uh, about U- UDOT and and government in the state of Utah. So there's a chance. I, most of us have received a phone call at some point in our lives to do a, a survey over the phone. Uh, and there's a chance one or two of our employees could have yeah. been included in this. And Yeah. I'm, my guess is they probably, some of our employees have been surveyed on this. I don't think we do a... a we because sometimes in, when you do a survey, you say, "Are you know, are you affiliated with this organization?" I don't think we do that on this survey. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure, but but uh, pro- there's a, probably a good chance that some of our employees have been called on it, uh, and and that's okay because they're citizens of the state of Utah. Of course, too. of course, we all drive on the same roads. Uh, tell me why this is important for us to know as an organization, why it's important for us as employees well, to understand. It, it gives us a good idea of how our bosses, who are the taxpayers of the state of Utah, how they feel, what they think. And there, every year, there are a few things that are kind of surprising to us. And I'll mention a couple of those as we talk about this that kind of surprised me. But that's good. That's how we know, because that's really who we, we, we respond to. We, 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 you know, we have this hierarchical structure, both, both within UDOT and also in the state of Utah, and we think that's who we report to, that we report to the governor. Well, Carlos kind of reports to the governor, but generally speaking, we as an organization report to the citizens of the state of Utah. They're the ones who provide our, our dollars that, we, that pay our salaries and that also do the work that we have. So we feel like it's important for us to know how they feel about what we're doing and where, where areas where we can do better. Great. Well, I'm excited to talk about this for a few minutes. So. Yeah. Well, let me, before we get to one of the interesting things about me talking about this is I am so not a numbers guy. I'm really not, you know, so I'm not a guy that, that really knows and understands the numbers. But, but I, I do kind of understand ideas. I do understand the public. I do understand public sentiment. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be t- focusing on. But I am going to be talking about numbers. So I need to kind of let you understand a couple of things about the numbers before we, we get into it. Okay. We're going to be talking about percentages. And, and so just to give you some framework for understanding, um, if we have numbers that are in the 60%, if we say 60%, you know, 60, 65, 68% of people um, feel this way, six, the numbers in the 60s, that's a really good number. That's a good, strong, solid number. If it's below the 60s, if it's in the 50s or the 40s, that's not so good. But in the 60s is a good, strong, solid number. If it's in the 70s, that's a really good number. That's excellent. Yeah. And we're doing very well if we're in the 70s. If we're in the 80s, that's fantastic. You know, that's really great. And if we're in in the 90s, that's crazy town, you know. But we do have a couple of numbers that are in the 90s. So, uh, but you just, you can't get 
90% of people to agree that the sky is blue. Yeah. So if we, but we have some numbers that are in the 94, 95% we'll talk about in a second. Well, so. this is, this is good to know too, because our very first podcast that we did was Carlos's top 10. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those bullet points have to do with how our public yeah. views us. Yeah. And For example, Carlos in the top 10 has asked us to achieve a 90% approval rating. One of the first numbers we're going to talk about here is the fact that UDOT's approval rating, according to our most recent statistics, uh, this this survey is uh, 76%, which is really, really which is good. good. If- it's excellent. But... We've got to find a way to push it up to 90 because that's the goal that Carlos has set. Well, of course. And with 76%, that means there's 14%. We can change some yeah. minds and we yeah. can do things differently that affect how people feel yeah. about so us. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of the direction that we're going to head. The other kind of numbers we're going to be talking about in the survey where we ask, we ask people to rate UDOT on a scale of 1 to 7 with 1 being awful and 7 being fantastic. Okay. And what you're going to find there is a lot of the numbers are in the fours, 4.5, 4.8. You know, that's really good, really solid. If it's in the fives, fives, it's excellent. And if it's in the sixes, it's fabulous. It's phenomenal. So, so that, that's kind of the numbers we're going to be talking about just to, so to, to give you an example, one of the first questions that we asked uh, in the survey was just to kind of get a general feel for how people feel about uh, how, Overall, do you would you say that the services that you receive from your government, from your state government, are worth the taxes that you pay? And 79% of Utahns said yes. Wow. That's a terrific number. 79% of Utahns feel that the services they get from the governor and from the from the government, including the Utah Department of Transportation, are worth those taxes. That's a good solid number. We also asked um, how important is it for the government to focus on three different things? We asked, how important is it for, for the government to focus on roads? And, of course, that's a crazy town number, yeah. 96%. 96. People, yeah, absolutely. They feel like that's, that's one of the critical roles of the government is to provide roads. We, but the, other th- the thing that was interesting to me is we asked them uh, uh, how important is it for the government to provide mass transit. 80%. Wow. Was way higher than what I expected. Especially, we're going to talk in a little while about some of the numbers of people riding transit. They don't ride it, but they think it's important, yeah. which is kind of an interesting of thing to look at. And then we also ask about bike and pedestrian trails, and that number's a little lower, 65%, but still a good solid number. And that's a number that's growing. People are more and more feeling like that's an important thing for the government. To provide for it. Well, and I think on the transit and on the the bike and pedestrian trails, uh, if we were to take those numbers four, five, six years ago, drastically it, different. It was it was very different, and now people are more and more seeing that that's important. Yes, roads are important, but there has to be more to to transportation in the future than just roads. That's going to be our message. And people are going to hear us talking about that a lot. We're not a roads department. We're not just about roads. We're about transportation and roads are part of the mix, but you also have to factor in transit and you have to factor in bike, bike trails and pedestrian trails, active transportation. It's all part of the solution for the future. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to get around very well. Of course. Well, and Carlos talks a lot about how by 2060, so in the next 40 years, our, our population here in the state of Utah is going to double. 
there's not a lot of places, especially here in Salt Lake County, where we can put roads. Well, we're not going to double road capacity. Yeah. We're not. You know, the op- audience, the population is going to double. Roads are, we're not going to double the number of roads. So we have to rely on we're transit. We're going to transit. Mm-hmm. We've got to rely on uh, active transportation. We've got to uh, rely on those travel-wise uh, uh, activities like uh, telecommuting and other things a staggered work site schedules. Uh, those are the kinds of things that are going to help us get around in the future as we get more and more people here. And this is a quick little plug too. You said travel wise. That's actually one of the, the podcasts that we're coming up with over the next couple of I weeks. I will look forward <laughs> to that. Is how do we travel wise and what does active transportation yeah. have to do with us and our it, jobs here? At absolutely the, critical the to the future of transportation in the state. Yeah. Uh, again, I mentioned that we did the favorability rating from, for UDOT was 76% this year. And I probably should mention that we did we conducted this survey in October. So um, this was after a lot of our big projects had, had wrapped up. And so we weren't having as many immediate impacts. We still were having some impacts in October, but not as many. And, and, uh, and so that, that's where uh, we did do the survey during, during the month of October. And so the 76 number is really good. It's not, we've been higher. We've been up to 80 back in, I think it was in, in 2012. We were up right at the end of, of the, uh, Utah, the big Utah County project. Um, we were up, up in the 80s, uh, but 76 is a, is a terrific Good. number, and, and we're doing well. But th- there's some other things that are going to – we'll talk about in a second that you'll see that there's some ways that we can go. So we did ask just a, a series of questions, one to seven, on on what, how's UDOT's performance, uh, how's UDOT doing in various areas. I'll, I'm going to just kind of go through these kind of quickly. Yeah. I'll just give you just generally speaking. I, we, one question was, how, are, how is UDOT at building safe roads and bridges and encouraging safe driving? 85% favorability wow. there. 85. Incredible number. And that number's been very steady over the last several years. 87, 86, 85%. A really solid, strong number. People believe, Utahns believe that we are doing a good job of building safe roads and bridges. They, we asked them, this was a kind of an interesting question. We were down a little bit here, and I think there's a reason for it. We asked them how UDOT is doing at using innovative methods to keep Utah roads flowing smoothly. Well, that number dipped. It's been up in the low 70s, which is a good number, really good number. It dipped all the way to 62%. I don't think that that dip, this is just us looking at the number, I don't think that that dip has as much to do with the innovative part of it as it has to do with the roads flowing smoothly part of it. I think people don't think the roads are flowing very smoothly right now. And well, that and that's going to be borne out in some other things we're going to be talking about. Well, and I was going to say, too, I, a lot of the things that we're doing that are very innovative, especially when we consider how things are working on a national level, we're still at the top of the game here. Well, we are. We are. But we're not... We're not talking a lot about moving bridges. When we were moving a lot of bridges into place, uh, we were seen as being incredibly innovative when we were introducing the DDI, when we were introducing a lot of, when we did, we we introduced design build back in, back in, uh, around the the time of the Olympics. And, and that was all incredibly innovative. We maybe haven't been talking about innovative as much as we probably should. So we're, we are going to talk about innovation more because we are. You're absolutely right, Matt. We are incredibly innovative. We don't talk about it as much as we used to, and we probably should do that But more. part of this, too, is, is when we did our first bridge move, that was a, hu- a huge deal. 
And I was with Carlos the other day at an elementary school, at a STEM elementary school, and we were talking about just the cool engineering things that we're doing here at the department. And he said, we, it's most likely the state of Utah or UDOT has moved as many bridges over the past, you know, 15 years as the rest of the country has combined. And so for our citizens and for us as, as employees, this is just standard practice for us. Yeah. It's no longer seen as innovative. And so, but I still think that that question probably has more to do with the fact that people don't see that the roads are flowing smoothly and that they're congested than it does with the fact that we're, they don't perceive this as changing, that we're yeah. being not, not perceived as being innovative. Um, Another question that we asked, how are we doing at preserving and maintaining existing roads and bridges? It's a 74%, so another really good, solid number. Another one that was kind of interesting is we asked about how are we doing at building and maintaining bike and pedestrian trails. Again, that number is down, similar to the previous one that we talked about. And I think it's because people are becoming more aware that there are bike and and pet pet trails, and they want them. Yes. And if it isn't right outside their door... They want to know why. Yeah. They want they want them. So I think they're becoming more and more aware of the fact that we're doing this and that they want more and more of them. We asked them how we're doing. You know, this is one that's kind of important to us, uh, us meaning the communications division. How are we doing at providing tamle- timely and accurate construction information? And that that's a number in the mid-60s, 66%. So we're doing good. We're doing good. We, we probably could do better, but and we'll work on that. But we're doing good. It's a good, solid number. Uh, we asked him about how, how does UDOT do at snow removal? We are rock stars we kick at butt. snow removal. We kick butt snow at this. Removal. They just think we're terrific at that uh, number, in 81%. And that's a number that's been steady for five years. They think we're terrific at snow removal. So well, and, and, and we really are. I mean, shout out and kudos to our snow team. I mean, you guys are you're incredible, and you do. You you keep Utah moving, and and I it's funny to say that, and that's our tagline, and it's on our but, on our logo, but, but it's true. They literally do, and people see that. We always get people who complain every snowstorm. We get people who complain has Utah sold their snow trucks? Yeah, well, no, it's because the snowplow isn't in front of their house right now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, overall, that that's why that's again part of the value of these annual surveys is you don't get the, you don't get the taste of what's happening in the moment at the at the height of what's going on you get the overall view of the people of the state of utah and overall the people of the state of utah think that as far as snow removal is concerned we're terrific we're knocking it out of the park good uh, the, the next series of questions we asked about surface conditions how do they feel about the conditions of our roads and it really basically follows the pattern of our priorities so for the interstate freeway system the numbers are really high in the in the. This is one of the one to seven scale, okay. and these are you know the number is five point five, good good solid really good number for for our freeway interstate freeways, for state roads. So this would be Redwood Road. Yeah, we we'll give them Redwood Road, State Street, St George Boulevard, SR seventy three. Those are examples of 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 the, the, state, the roads. state roads, and that's a little lower five point one seven. Again, that reflects the priority. And, and, and so it's a little bit lower, but still a really good number, 5.17. And then we ask about, about the surface conditions on our what we call our rural highways. And we give them examples of like Mirror Lake Highway, US 40, SR 12. 
Uh, and that number is a little bit lower, 5.12, still good. But still, uh, 5.12 is still it's, 74%. It's still a really solid number. It's still an excellent number. And I do think that particularly when we get to our rural highways, people may get a little confused between what is a state road, what is a county road, what is a city road. And so there may be some confu- confusion there. But 5.12, 74%, Perfect. excellent number. Great. Excellent number. We did ask a new question this year, which, and this one, I'll tell you, it surprised me. I'm very surprised by this number. We asked, uh, we talked about the express lanes, and we said, uh, do, the question was, the express lane provides a benefit to me when using the interstate. 78% of people said it does. Huh. Very surprising. I didn't think people would think, now we realize that 25 to 30% of the people who are in the express lanes are there illegally. They shouldn't be so there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that a reflection of that. But uh, they really do see express lanes as a, as, a, as, as a benefit to them in their commute. And I would assume that means whether or not they use them, it's a benefit. And that was, I thought, an interesting... Well, and even if they're not using it, somebody else is, which takes a couple cars out of their exactly. lane. Exactly. Well, and that's so, the intent. That's the intent. We asked about uh, system performance, a, a few things. Uh, uh, we asked about you know bike lanes, and again, a drop. Uh, we're seeing a drop across the board in everything referring to bike lanes and pedestrian lanes, and we honestly believe it's because people are becoming more aware of them and they want more. One thing that's been shown an interesting trend, and, and we're not exactly sure how to deal with this, is we asked them a question, over the past year, has your commute gotten worse, stayed the same, or gotten better? So just those three. Just those three. Okay. Or, well, don't know is also a possible okay. answer, but okay. those three. And over the past five years, it is a steady trend of gotten worse. You see, if you were looking at the graph, you'd see them like crossing. Gotten better is it's going on down. On the decline. And gotten worse is going up. And I think that's an probably a pretty accurate reflection of what's actually going on out there. Largely due to the fact that there are more people driving all the time. We're seeing more and more people on the roads, even though we're building great roads and we're doing everything we can to relieve congestion, roads are getting more congestion. That's that's the problem we were talking about a few minutes ago. We're going to get more people on the roads. Congestion is going to get worse. There have got to be other answers more than just roads. But that's and this is no way a reflection on our roads. Again, we we just saw the numbers that people agree that our roads are taken care of. The surface condition is great. This is just their commute it's, from po- from point A to point B. Is it better or worse? That's or? exactly right. They, they feel good about the work we're doing. It's just their commute is more congested. It's getting more difficult. Which is people and stupid drivers yep. and all of those all things. All of those things. And speaking of s- stupid drivers, and I would never say stupid drivers. I, I'm really ashamed that you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we did the next series of questions were about dri- travel behavior. How's that for a segue? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and we asked people what kinds of things influence their decisions on whether or not they're going to drive and how much they're going to drive. And it's interesting, we asked, for example, does the cost of gasoline affect whether or not you're going to drive? And when the cost of gasoline, as we look, at, we look at the statistics over the past five years, when the cost of gasoline is high, then yes, it does. When the cost of gasoline is comparatively low as it is now, then it really isn't a factor. 
in making that decision. We ask them, do, does the, the desire to reduce air pollution make, factor into your decision of whether or not to drive? Uh, not really. It, it really doesn't. But if you ask them, uh, if you have a chance to reduce the amount of time you spend in traffic congestion, will you make different choices based on that? Absolutely, they will make different mm. choices on that. That's what affects them personally, immediately. And so, yeah, they will make decisions based on trying to avoid traffic congestion. We ask them, if they're, will you make decisions based on trying to reduce energy consumption? Mm, not really. Uh, if, if you ask them, will you, will you make tra driving choices based on tr trying to provide more opportunities to exercise and improve your health? A little, but not a lot. Like, explain that to me. Is this, uh, I'm going to make transportation or, or, or commuting decisions based on me going to the gym. I mean, is, is this what we're talking about? Is me making a, a, a side trip to go to the gym on my way home? Or? No, well, no. It, well, and they may interpret it that way, but I think the intent of the question is more to say, I'm not going to drive today. I'm going to ride my bike. Okay. Because I need the exercise. Will they do that because I need the exercise? Not because it reduces pollution no. or gas is expensive or any of those things. No. It's for will, my personal health. Will I do it for myself because I need the exercise? And some more and more people will. It's still not a huge number, but more and more people will make a decision based on they'll walk because they need the exercise. They'll take mass transit. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We asked about the travel-wise behaviors. What are the things that you will do? They will do what's called trip chaining, which means rather than just go to the store and then go home and then go to the dry cleaner and then go home and then go to the fast food place and then go home, they will chain those trips together. I'll go to the store, I'll drop off the dry cleaning, and then I'll stop and pick up and something I, to eat. And I think most people do that automatically and, and that's what the number reflects that's in that's in the high 80s low 90s that people will do that they will shift their travel time uh you know if 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 the roads are congested between eight and nine they'll work out with their bosses to go to work a little later and come home a little later so that they can so that they can miss the the key rush hours um those are the two primary things that they will do they'll carpool a little They'll bike and walk, but that, sadly, over the past three years is declining. The number who will bike and walk and the other number that's declining and declining rather dramatically is public transit. Hmm. That number's really pretty low, according to our survey. And that's that's a little bit of a concern because we see those two things, biking and walking and public transit, as really important answers in the future. And right now, people aren't showing that they're really willing to do that. Well, and I think change comes from people when there's pain, right? And and up to this point, I don't think there's enough pain, right? If if we see gas prices go up, well, that's what that's what our statistics yeah. show us. That's what our public opinion sur survey tells us. That a few years ago, when the gas prices were really really high, people were making different transportation yeah. choices. Yeah. But now, when they're not seen as being that high, it's not, not that much it's not of a, a big factor. deal. Yeah. The one of the, the the main area where we enter crazy town with the numbers in the 90s is when we talk about our VMS messaging, and this is specifically asking about our Monday messages where we where we where we ask you know we try and do in a clever way try and get people's attention on five critical driving well, behaviors. Well, be, before you jump into this, I I want to explain what the VMS messaging is. So the VMS are the uh, the video message boards. Uh, these are the ones that are above above our interstates and above our freeways. Um, 
depending on the day of the week, uh, depending on the time of the day, they have different messages. Sometimes it's commute times from point A to point B. Sometimes if there's an accident ahead, um, there's safety messages, uh, black ice possible, reduce speed, things like that. That these are the boards that we're talking about when we talk about our VMS messaging. Exactly, and that and and those are we we we've already uh, always known those are are critically important to us. That's prime real estate as far as getting messages out to the public, and 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 ninety five percent crazy numbers. Ninety five percent of people are aware of those messages. Ninety three percent of them are 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 seeing that that we're trying what we're trying to do with them. They see that we're trying to communicate safety safety messages, and a really high number, right around sixty five percent, are saying that it influences their be- driving behaviors. That they have been influenced in the choices they make behind the wheel because of those messages. That's an incredible number. Sixty five percent of people a good solid number say it has affected their behaviors. Well, and you and I are on this team. There's about a, a dozen people that get to chime in and, and come up with these messages. There are five behaviors. You started to talk about these five behaviors before I interrupted you. So the five behaviors we want to change on our roads are what? It's aggressive driving. It's uh, distracted driving. It's drowsy driving. It's impaired driving. And it's using a seatbelt. Those those five things, and we've you've seen messages on all five of those, and and it's making a difference. We uh, we also have on Fridays we have what we call um, there's there there's statistics statistical messages. Yeah. The public is also very aware of those. A ninety two percent, not quite as high, but still ninety two is a lot, and they're also indicating that it affects behaviors. Well, and these are the messages that give us statistics. You know, in March, we've had this many accidents or this many fatalities on our roadways. Um, They're not happy numbers. None of these are happy numbers. But what we're trying to do is change behavior, right? And so if somebody goes under that sign and says, we had three fatalities this week, three of the last seven days we've had fatalities, hopefully they put their phone down or they put the hamburger down or they buckle up or they do one of these things that they're currently doing just because that number makes a difference. Well, another, them. another part of that, that uh, we, we've, we occasionally put up how many mes- how many days we've had of zero fatalities. We have a lot of days with zero fatalities uh, in the 60, like 66% of the time, two thirds of the time we are zero fatalities. And, and to me that, that's a that's a wonderful number, but a frustrating number. If we can do it sixty six percent of the time, why can't we do it eighty percent? Why can't we do it seventy or eighty percent? So we hope that we, our whole intent with both both the Friday messages and the Monday messages, is to try and get people's attention, to gr- try and get them to think, to try and get them to have a conversation. If if it, there are even times when we've done messages that were a little on the edge, and we upset some people while I it's not my goal to upset people and we try and avoid that it's not necessarily a bad thing too because if they're talking about it if they go home and talk it around their dinner table with their kids we're accomplishing something yeah and so and so we're trying to get people's attention we're trying to change behaviors we're trying to save lives well and the Monday messages are typically 
a little more lighthearted. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're just straight to the point. Yep. Um, it, we try and do wordplay and all these funny things to to get people to to recognize and notice them. One of the big big ones we had last year was camp in the mountains, not in the left lane. Yep. And we and found that those left lane loafers, as we call them, they're there. They're prevalent. And they're and it, they're and around. It, and it, there's a high frustration frustration level uh, with people in that one. And the one we did this week. There's also a high frustration level with that. The one we did this week said, um, I can't read your mind, use blinkers. Yeah. That's another issue that really upsets people. They get frustrated with people not blink- using their blinkers. And so it, it hits it hits some nerves. So one of, the, one of the questions we asked them about was, how often do, do you use your seatbelt? 93%, crazy town number, says always. Yeah. Now... Our observational surveys say it's a little little lower, a little lower, not a lot, but a little lower. But still, ninety three percent say they use it always. I'm still, I'm still at the point and say, well, what's wrong with the other seven percent? Why are you not? Well, and and what's crazy is is the numbers are our fatality numbers say that fifty percent of the people that die on our roads are unbuckled. It's a disproportionate number. So if ninety three percent are buckled, are buckled. And 50% of fatalities are unbuckled or not buckled properly, yeah. then there's a disproportionate number yeah. there. And I, hopefully people will get the message as we continue to preach that message. Um, just a f- few last numbers as we get through. I'll, I'll try and go through these rather quickly. We asked, from a public opinion standpoint, would you say that the Utah Department of Transportation is responsive to the to public's needs? 87%. Wow. Yes, we are responsive to the public needs. Again, this goes to your your, your comment about about the decline in in um, being able to get around quickly. They they think we're doing a good job. They just they just know that the roads are crowded. We asked them, would you say Utah Department of Transportation ensures that all projects are of high quality? Eighty nine percent. Wow, and that's up too. That's up. That's up by one. So eighty nine percent. People they they think you do, they think you do. Uh, um, you you you're responsive to the public needs. You build projects of good high quality. They're comfortable with that. Now we asked a few more questions. Is is you trust? How would you consider you in terms of trustworthy? It's a four point nine eight, which is almost a five. Yeah. Really good. Seventy percent, seventy one percent. Very good number. Fiscally responsible. Four point six four. Uh, around sixty. Okay. So that's a that's a lower number. Um, th- there could be some reasons for that, but that's something we need to we need to keep an eye on and maybe work on a little bit. Transparency, four point four two. Again, down in the fours. It's a good solid number, but we can get that, better. We can get better. Uh, minimi- now here's one: minimizing delays during construction. We're in the fifties. Fifty. We've declined from fifty-seven to fifty-three percent. So they they kind of feel like we're not doing everything we can to minimize delays during construction. A lot of that may be uh, tied in with the perception uh, that we're not doing everything we can do during construction to to, to minimize those delays. And so we, we're going to take a look at that. Well, and again, there's so many factors, right? I mean, more cars on the road, right? You're going to be stuck a little bit longer. I mean, there's, again, I, I, I think our, our teams are doing amazing work. But this just says, hey, we can maybe do a little bit better. Yeah. And so those are, 
and that's a, again, this is part of the value of doing these surveys. We say, okay, this is an area we probably need to work on a little bit. Uh, a couple of things we asked: How do people get their most up-to-date traffic information? This is what this one. This is where, and I'm embarrassed to say, I'm a little surprised. I was a little surprised. Eighty-four um, percent said they get their most up-to-date traffic information on our overhead messages. Absolutely knew cool. that. Not yep. not a surprise. That's where they get their information. The second, the number two way, eighty two percent was was Google Maps. Wow, that surprised me. Yeah. Now, when I've said that in other groups, the other groups were not surprised because yeah. they all use Google Maps to get up to date traffic information. But I I didn't realize it would be that high, almost as high as our overhead messaging. Next in line, you know, that's eighty two percent. Next in line is is radio stations with 68%. So it's a pretty significant drop out. Yeah. And then after that, we're getting to a lot of TV, social media down in the 30s. So those are the big three, uh, overhead messaging, Google Maps, and radio stations. Well, I think a lot of that is that people aren't planning ahead, maybe, and the information isn't important to them until they're actually on the road heading home or heading into yeah. work. And so that's where they And those are those three sources. And that's where they get it. So... Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the other one I, I was going to mention is having to do with uh, where do they get their construct gets construction information. So that's traffic information, which is probably exactly what you say. Yeah. It's when they get in the car. How do they get construction information? That's a little bit different. Still, overhead messaging signs is about the same, 85%. And then radio stations then is second at 61%. Yeah. So it's a pretty significant drop. And then after that is TV and and the UDOT traffic website and uh, uh, social media. So that's that, that's kind of where they get their construction information and to, and to learn about projects. So those are the, the, the main things. I mean, there's some other things that we learned, but uh, for the most part, I think what we can, the, the main takeaways that we get here are we're doing very well. The, the public has regards us highly. Uh, they feel good about the work we do, the quality of, of, of our work that we're do- building good roads and bridges. They're confident in us. But there are some th- they are concerned about how, it, how roads, how they are impacted on our roads. Yeah. And that the roads are getting crowded and their commute is getting tougher. And those things are a, a concern to them. And there's some things there that we can work on and do better. We've got a ways to go to 90%. Uh, approval, but we're going to do everything we can to get there. Yeah, and we're and it, and it takes everybody pulling their own weight too. I mean, this is this isn't one department or one group's issue. This is everybody's issue. We all kind of tie in together, and we're one big strong organization. And and you know, the public trusts us. Carlos says this all the time to us. Um, what does he say? Trust is the currency that we have with our public, and it shows that there's trust and there's and there's trend and people w- want us to do a good job and they expect us to do a good job. And for the most part, they think that we're doing a good job. And so it's good when we go to make laws or pass bills on the Hill that, that affect how we do our work and the ability for us to move forward and build projects. Usually they're kind of no brainers for our legislature because of this. Well, and it's because the legislature knows that the public supports us and trusts us. Yeah. It's a great survey. Uh, if Is there anywhere that our employees can go to, to see this, um, we haven't put it on the on the on the website. It's more of an internal document. But anybody who would like to have it, just let us know. You can talk to your 
talk to your region director or your group leader, and we'll be glad to provide any information you, you would like to have. Well, or and go ahead and send an email to beyondthebarrels at utah.gov if you're interested in seeing this. It's a, it's a PowerPoint presentation is, is how we've presented it, and you can you can see that presentation if you're interested. So. Yep. Um, and again, any ideas of, of topics going forward, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we, we were getting comments and we're getting, um, feedback and we love it. Uh, and just like the survey, the more feedback we get, the better uh, and finer tuned we can make our, our podcast. So hope you enjoyed this episode. We're happy to have you, uh, again, look forward. We're going to, a couple episodes that are coming up is we're going to talk about active transportation and travel wise, maybe some of the planning aspects of things. Um, but hopefully we get a kind of an more in-depth, um, view on what's happening in the organization there are some changes coming so we're going to talk about those and uh just look forward to having you uh stick around with us so uh thanks for joining us we'll see you guys next time